thought we were going to talk about the teams that start with V and W over the next two episodes, and we were. And then the NHL unveiled its return-to-play format. The game of hockey is one step closer to returning to our everyday lives. However, a lot of factors could turn this plan sideways. The start of the 2020-21 season will be delayed. We already know that. It will go much longer than usual. And there's plenty of other things to unpackage, so let's review it together. Episode 221 of the Lace Month Podcast starts right now. And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Duboff. Hockey is almost back. Yeah. Sort of, not really, but there is a plan, Brett. In yes. Place. I mean, so it's funny because I was looking forward to doing more of these po- uh, prospect uh episodes because that has been a lot of fun but oh yeah i think it time has come where we actually the nhl has a plan they agreed to the nhl pa's proposal or i think or it might have been vice versa where the nhl had a plan and the nhl pa mm-hmm. had to yeah. approve but uh they both agreed to this in principle um so hockey is back however there's unclear about where it's going to be or when it's going to be but uh, my guess would be it'd be sometime in July or August um, and and yeah we'll have to figure that out too the interesting thing about this is because like all the different teams played different amounts of games once this you know once the league was canceled or the season was canceled for a second um, it also like means that you know that they had to figure out who was going to make the playoffs. So instead, uh, twenty-four teams are going to be um, into this playoffs right now. Um, that's what we do know. They're going by points percentage here. Um, so we know that. Um, so that means that uh, seven teams are not going to be in the playoffs right now. That is, of course, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, uh, New Jersey, uh, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, um, and yeah, so that's all seven. Um, So all the California teams are out, um, Mm -hmm. and pretty much all the Central Division is in. Uh, That's the only division that has all their teams in the playoffs. Um, which is kind of fun. Um, <laughs> kind of proof that that's the best division. Uh, so um, I, I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but what are your initial thoughts on, on how this is going to go? Well, you talk, you talked about the central division being the best. I think when uh, three of the five te- uh, three of the eight teams in the Atlantic have nothing to play for. Yeah. <laughs> that, that probably makes them the worst now. So. Right, right. Forever the worst. Um, yeah, so my initial thoughts of this is, obviously, we still have a long ways to go, and this pandemic could find numerous ways to put a yeah. big, fat dent into this plan and maybe stop this season from making a comeback altogether. I have heard a lot of people have some complaints as to who got in and who didn't got in. I would think most of... The hate has come from Buffalo that say, well, if we yeah. got, we had two games in hand on the Canadians. If we would have won both of those, we would have overtaken Montreal. Yes, right. true. You probably would have. At the same time, you look at where things were in terms of this very close playoff race. In the East, you had Toronto, Columbus, Florida, Carolina, New York Rangers, in this massive joust for playoff spots, all of those teams are contending. In the West, you have Vancouver, Calgary, Minnesota, Nashville, 
teams like that, again, neck and neck battling for playoff position, those teams got in. I look at the teams that didn't get in, and I go, the NHL gave the teams that deserved a fair chance, a fair chance to make a statement in the playoffs. And at the very least, they have a shot, and I'm happy about that. They got the teams that deserve a chance to compete. Like, they're not putting in a team. You could argue Montreal, like, they had to even out the teams. There are some teams you could argue that shouldn't be in here in the first place. But they had to even out the teams, and that's why those teams are in there. But the teams that primarily they wanted to give a fair shot to all get a fair shot. I'm happy with that. I, I like it. And the format itself is pretty good because, as we'll talk about uh, later on, Brett, even the teams that aren't in this like play-in format, they are going to be playing games and they're going to be meaningful games. So everyone's going to get a decent amount of action before the actual playoffs start. Everyone's going to be playing in meaningful games. Uh, all, overall, I like the format. I... I think no matter what format they would have chose, someone somewhere would have been pissed off. Yeah. So I, I, I'll, I'll take the bullet. I like the format. Yeah, I, I like the format too. Although, um, so I guess my spiel here is that as a hockey fan, I love this hockey fan. I said hockey fan. Um, as a hockey fan, I love this, um, and I'm really excited about this go on especially as a Bruins fan where I get you know because the Bruins have a really good shot at um, winning this whole thing considering how they did in the playoffs or or, you know in the regular season this year so um, so like at least I'm 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 glad that it's not all for naught you know and we just played for nothing so I appreciate that and even if we don't win it's 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 still gonna be okay um, because it, you know, it means that, like, and in fact, like, you know, the t- they always say that the toughest playoffs in sports is the Stanley Cup playoffs because, mm-hmm. you know, you're playing these grueling games, sevens, and um, all that all that stuff. You know, hockey is a grueling sport in itself, even on a regular season. But, like, when you add 24 teams, so that's six more teams, or eight more teams, sorry, That's <laughs> that makes it a lot more tougher uh, mm-hmm. to win this thing. So Yeah, for anyone, and it's yeah. going to be a positive asterisk. Like, some yeah. have argued, it's just like, oh, yeah, but they won it because of the COVID Cup. They probably but, shouldn't have been there. But no. it's just like, this is a gauntlet like no other that we'll probably never see again, yeah. and they won. Right, exactly. So it's like, if anything, like, if anyone gives – the champion like an asterisk or they only won because of it was a special thing or something like yeah it's special but it's so much tougher than um a normal Stanley Cup playoffs that it's kind of it's kind of crazy so as a hockey fan I will say that it's really exciting and I'm already looking forward to it even though I don't know when it's going to be or where it's going to be um however I will say from like a human point of view um, you know, the whole reason why we're all even indoors most of the time and all that stuff is just because we want to stop the spread of, of the coronavirus. So the fact that they're adding more teams and the fact that, like, that just means that they have to, like, uh, test so many more players and so many more people that are involved. And I just can't imagine like these the, the day-to-day of how they're going to make sure that no one gets this disease and that's the part of me that's like well why even bother doing this if if it's just for you know like just to worry about the spread because i feel like as soon as one person gets it if that happens of course but as soon as one person gets it i feel like they're gonna have to stop this thing already because they don't want to spread it anymore um, and so then at that point, I'm just like, why even bother if you're not gonna, you know, if you're not a hundred percent sure that you can prevent people, the players from, from getting this, uh, sickness or 
Or even worse, like, let's say Ovechkin gets this disease or something. It's like, so we we risk having hockey in the summer because, and then we got one of our, like, the, uh, like, a living legend got the coronavirus because Ovechkin, I don't know, just because we, we wanted hockey in the summer. Um, well, and, so. and on top of that, Ovechkin has a newborn son, yep. already has one, right. and his, his wife is at risk, or their kids are at risk, and it's the case for like every single yep. player they interact with, every single one of their families, and, yep. and like, we well, didn't was... know the Ottawa Senators had COVID until like a week after the season stopped, so right. it's not like we know right away, oh yeah, they have COVID. Yep. And, and the other thing is, Bettman says, I think, twenty-five to 30,000 tests will be required just to, like, play games. I'm just thinking, over the course of a couple of months, that probably adds up as well. Yeah. So, on the human side, for sure, it definitely is like playing Russian roulette. At yeah. the same time, from a business standpoint, you look at all of the sports leagues with storied history like baseball and basketball and football in America mm-hmm. that the NHL is constantly competing with. They're not playing right now. Yep. The NBA is trying to get back. Baseball the MLB, is having like a strike almost now. Yeah, yeah. The MLB is, ugh, I don't know what's going on there. And the NFL yeah. doesn't start season until September. So if you wanted to appeal the speed and skill of your game, you probably won't have to worry about the ugly stuff because there won't be any scrums or fighting of any sorts. It'll just Hopefully. be like, players just like skating and scoring goals and stopping pucks and whatnot i mean i'm sure they'll still be fighting in there yeah i, I guess it depends on what yeah, it's not something have. you can't av- avoid that you can't really stop that yeah it's, even with covid i i don't know but we'll, we'll see yeah. in, in any case if there is a time to grow your game this is probably the best chance the nhl has at doing that in yeah. terms of expanding your brands into the other sports uh into you know the minds of other fans of other sports that don't watch your sport you have their undivided attention because they're probably in a situation where dude i'll watch any live sport even if it's hockey yeah that's a good point um i will say though that well, first off, I, I just mentioned Ovechkin just because that was the first guy that came to mm-hmm. my head, but he is a living legend, So like, it, but like I could be talking about Sidney Crosby, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pasternak, you know, it's it could be anyone. Even like uh, Radko Gudis, you know, someone yeah. that, like some unknown player or um, only diehard hockey fans know their name of. So it, it could be yeah. anyone. And that's what worries about me. It's like, yeah, this is going to be fun. And you do bring up a good point that, like, baseball um, in particular is it's looking like it's not going to be a season this year. So uh, just because, like, the owners aren't willing to pay the players enough money um, to – or, like, they're only going to pay them half the amount of money just because they want to play half the season. But then, like – the players are like, but we should, like, I'm not risking my life for half of what I'm owed for, so that's neither here nor there. I think the NBA might be coming back, or it's a similar situation. Um, I don't think they have a concrete plan, but I've they don't heard have a concrete them plan, talking yet. about, like, Disney but World I, in Florida. Or yeah, something. I saw that too, yeah. Um, so that would be interesting, but I think we'll, we'll probably be in NBA playoffs at around the same time, too. Um, but yeah, so like that part of me though, like the human side of like, well, if it's not, if there's even like a 1% chance of someone getting it, then I don't know what, um, then I don't know if we should, if it's worth it, but it's still like, if they can do it and they can test people every day and make sure that these players aren't like going out and about and like you just take them all in a secluded area um even if it is a city um then yeah i think i uh, it would be really impressive if they can pull this off um so it would it would make up for all the lockouts that we've had (laughs) yeah in a roundabout way (laughs) playing hockey in a pandemic would have solved that and 
sense. Not to mention in the summer too, and like the ice is melting too. So that's, yeah, that's and, another factor. And the, and the Olympics aren't happening, so yeah. NBC's got a lot of time on their hands. True, too, true, so. that too. They, they have the network deal on their side. Yeah. Uh, you do mention the the fear of getting sick element. There are also guys in the NHL playing with diabetes, guys yeah. like Max Domi, guys like Apokako. Um, you might have other players that are also immunocompromised, yeah. and they don't feel uncomfortable, and they probably say, hey, I don't feel comfortable playing in this, yeah. so how are teams going to react there? And if they aren't immunocompromised, maybe their loved ones are immunocompromised, and yeah, they don't want true. to get them sick. Yeah. Because they will have a lesser shot of beating this thing. Well, so, and that I think, we could, I think yeah. we could see cases like that, but we'll see. Well, if that's the case, though, then like I feel like they would just not be near those people that they know who are immunocompromised. Like I would imagine they would just stay away from their family during this time, and they would just stay with their team, um, you know, instead. Um, well, but yeah, uh, but for, there, for Domi there, and Kako, it's going to stink. There is that element. I will also yeah. mention, though, what if you get it again? Because keep yeah. in mind, that's something we don't know. there are a few players on the Colorado Avalanche that also tested positive, and they're playing. Yeah. Right. So, so there's that. that's a good point, yeah. Um, so with that, the regular season is officially over, so that means that there are some awards that were handed out. Um, so we'll just do this quickly because we'll, we'll have, we'll have time to talk about this after our prospect, um, episode series is, is over, but, uh, for now we'll, we'll mention it. Uh, so Pasternak and Ovechkin are the co-Rocket Richard champions. They both had 48 goals. Um, I remember we had an episode a while back where we were talking about who would have 50 goals, um, and Pasternak and Ovi probably would have gotten 50 goals at some point uh but uh due to the circumstance they didn't end up getting it so no one got 50 goals but i i think i'm gonna say that pasternak and ovechkin got 50 goals instead but um it'll be an asterisk i guess yeah it should also it should also be mentioned that um matthews had 47 so he wasn't far behind leon dreisaitl had 43 and Despite playing in less than 60 games, Mika Zibanejad somehow got 41 goals. Right, it sure. must have been that five-goal game that he had, too. Yeah, that probably helps. Yeah. Um, so, you said Dreisaitl, he also wins the Art Ross, mm-hmm. uh, which is the most points. Um, and so that's 110 points uh, for, for Dreisaitl. Um, the Bruins win the President's Trophy. Uh, which is usually a curse because yep. uh, the the President's Trophy winner hasn't won um, the Stanley Cup playoffs since like 2003, I want to say, um, something like that. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it's different circumstances now that they have uh, a long break, I hope, for my sake. Yeah, I, I yeah. remember, I'm pretty sure the last team, because we mentioned on the podcast before, the last team... To win the President's Trophy and win the Stanley Cup in the same year was the infamous 93-94 New York Rangers. Yep. Um, Rask and Halleck won Halak. Sorry. <laughs> He's my own player, too. Uh, he w- Fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they won the uh, Jennings Award, which is the most combined goaltending, the team goaltending award. Um, yep. And I think it's just they had the highest save percentage combined. Yeah, um, the the, so. the best uh, combined uh, GAA there. The le- the previous tandem from the Bruins to win that award was Tim Thomas, and yeah, he played for the Bruins, Manny Fernandez yeah. in 0809. Yeah, when Steve mentioned it to this to me off air, I was like, oh, I forgot about Manny Fernandez yep. in there somewhere on team. He played uh, for the Bruins briefly, but he yep. played for the Bruins. Um, and I guess we'll just do a, like we'll do our hard selkie, all that stuff, uh, Norris mm-hmm. stuff later. But we'll, we don't have time for that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will quickly yeah. mention uh, John Carlson led all defensemen in scoring, and Quinn Hughes led all rookie scores this yeah, year. That's well. a, yeah, I, that's a good point too. But that they didn't get an award yet. No, would, not yeah. not yet. I have a feeling both will be in the race for the Norris. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, and it will be tough to see for Makar and Hughes who will win, but yeah, um, yeah, that'll be a good one. Yep. So, um, again, we're we're gonna do previews when things get more closer and things become more official. But um, I will tell we will just do a quick glimpse of what the matchups are gonna look like. Um, so I guess what's gonna happen is the first four teams that are they're I guess they're just going by conference and they're not worrying about divisions. Um, and so the first four teams are gonna play a round robin, um, and it's unclear if it's gonna be a bracket or it's gonna be a reseeding, but. Uh, they're going to play a round robin for seeding, um, uh, so that's that's clear. But we don't know if they're going to reseed it after, or they're just going to have a bracket. Um, I don't know. I could see it being either way, but it is kind of cool to have a round robin. Um, I I would even like it if they just did a buy or something, but um, I feel like maybe it's, it would be a disadvantage if you. Um, have a team that that's resting. <laughs> I mean, unless stuff. you want un, unless you want Tampa to get swept in the first round again. Well, it would be technically the second round, but yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's the yeah. point. Um, yeah, you're right. They should. Uh, I guess that that makes sense. Then. And that's and that's part of the reason why they're doing it is to avoid that curse and it's just like oh we got swept because we didn't play enough games. It's like well here you go you get three games before. Yeah, it's do or die for you. So yeah, no. So uh, so for the Eastern Conference, uh, the Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia all um all have buys, quote unquote, or are going to be in that round robin. Um, <laughs> then we have here we have Pittsburgh versus Montreal, Carolina versus the Rangers, uh, the Islanders versus Florida, and Toronto versus uh, Columbus. I guess I'll, we'll talk about the Western Conference, but we can do, like, what series are you looking the most forward to um, in the Eastern Conference? Well, I got two. Columbus and Toronto really intrigues me. Yeah. They've had some battles in the regular season. They play each other tough, even though they're not division rivals, so I'm looking forward to that. Columbus plays more of a team game. Toronto, yeah, I don't cool. know what they're capable of offensively, but uh, they Columbus, they, they surprised Tampa last yeah. year. They could surprise Toronto uh, this year. Well, that would be that would be amazing if like Toronto loses to the fir- in the first round, but not to Boston. Not to Boston, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's that. Also, Carolina and the Rangers. I'm super okay. pumped for this series because yeah, be good too. Carolina has a lot of depth, but the Rangers, especially the Rangers goaltending, have had Carolina's number yep. so many times this year. And with Shizurkin playing as well as he has, it's going to be a fun series. Yeah, we were thinking, I remember during the season, we were thinking that it would be interesting to see, uh, like, the Rangers were pretty close to even making the playoffs at the beginning. And um, and if they had made it, they would have been, like, this underdog team, and I would have looked forward to that. But, um, yeah, so it's cool that they're in the playoffs even uh, now that they don't have that. So that should be a fun series just to see the Rangers in it. Um, my my team is, uh, so you, Toronto and Columbus should be fun. The Rangers and Carolina should also be fun. But I think mine is uh, Montreal and Pittsburgh. Um, mm-hmm. Simply because, or just two words for you, carry price. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Montreal up front is probably not as talented as Pittsburgh's is, but... Um, if there's any goaltender and, and Carey Price isn't what he used to be for sure, of course, but if Carey Price can play like Carey, what we know Carey Price can be, um, then like watch out, you know? And, um, so it's almost unfair because the, a big reason why Montreal had struggled was because they were overplaying Carey Price so much. But during the playoffs, you don't have to worry about that. And so Carey Price is going to be – he's rested right now. And he could – I could see it happening where Montreal, like, gets that underdog win against Pittsburgh. I mean, I know they have Crosby and Malkin, and, and maybe Gensel will be back. We'll see. But um, 
and Tristan Jari and Matt Murray are also talented, of course, um, in their own right. But um, and Chris Letang too. But it's still, I I I feel like uh, Carey Price could uh, could win this series single handedly. Yeah, and you know who also could be a threat? A very healthy Shea Weber. Oh, yeah, good point, too. Who could be a, a very big difference maker. The good yeah. news is for Pittsburgh, hopefully Jake Gensel's back at that yep. point. So they'll have Gensel and Zucker to complement Crosby. Yeah, and, Malcolm, nice too. and Russ Hughes also had a good year. Yeah, um, I didn't even think of that because the big reason why they got Zucker was because they didn't Gensel have Gensel. Hurt, yeah. so. um, at the same time, though, um, I don't mean to be biased in any way when I say this, but as a Sens fan, Pittsburgh, please... Please don't let Montreal win. Yeah. Because, as we'll figure out in the draft lottery, it could be worse. Yeah, that's a good point. The rest of the league if Pittsburgh loses this series. So, (laughs) we'll we'll talk about that later, but please, Montreal, do not win. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that. And, of course, uh, as a Bruins fan, I don't want Montreal to win either, but... I I, yeah, I I am also aware of how good Carey Price is, so I could see it mm-hmm. happen. I'm sure they'd rather lose this series yeah. if it means, you know, maybe getting Alexis Lafreniere. Yeah, it's definitely but possible we'll, for them. Again, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the draft lottery. Oh, for sure. Um, and then you mentioned uh, early on that Max Domi and Capo Caco are both diabetic, so they may not play. Um, Caco is also a celiac, which I didn't know either, so... Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, so now we're off to the Western Conference here. Uh, the St. Louis, uh, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas get the round robin. Those are three Central Division teams um, in Vegas as well. Uh, that means that Edmonton plays Chicago. Nashville plays Arizona. Um, Vancouver plays Minnesota. And Calgary plays Winnipeg. Um, so which matchup are you looking the most forward to in the Western Conference? Given the fact that Winnipeg has had to go through so much and they're much healthier, Calgary and Winnipeg is going to be insane, I feel like. That'll be a fun series. Also, Connor McDavid versus Patrick Kane. Can't go wrong with that matchup. That should be good as well. Um, But I really like uh, to see Calgary and Winnipeg. I will also point out that... The Arizona Coyotes, when designated as the home team, are going to be busting out those Kachina jerseys, which are yeah. sick. Well, I don't know if it's going to be home if it's... Yeah. Well, designated home team, they will be wearing the, the same Kachina location. jerseys. Yeah. Up city or be, not. There's going to be no fans, and it's all in one location. Yeah, uh, but it so. looks sick on TV. It, it looks sick live. It looks sick on TV. I yeah. can't wait. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, I was gonna say Winnipeg and Calgary. That should be fun because they're both yep. exciting young teams. Um, so I'm not gonna say that. And you also mentioned Chicago, Edmonton, but I'm I'm gonna mention I'm gonna talk more about Chicago and Edmonton, I guess, because um, this is another one where, like Montreal, where <laughs> Chicago has the experience. They have Patrick Kane, they have Jonathan Taze, they have Corey Crawford, um, and now they have Alex DeBrincat, who wasn't even on the team in 2015 uh, when they last won. Um, he wasn't even drafted then. <laughs> so you add DeBrincat, you have Dominic Kubalik um, in the draft, you know, Duncan Keith, you give him some rest. Um, you know, they, Dylan Strom, you know, you give Chicago like a chance in the playoffs it could be the same way for Montreal like Montreal where it's like all they need is an in um and they could and they could upset especially this Edmonton team where yeah they have McDavid and Dreisaitl the two best players in the league right now um and of course Kellyer Yamamoto and Ryan Nugent Hawkins have been playing their best and they'll get Clefbaum back and Nurse back but like, there is something to be said that their goaltending is a little bit iffy right now. Um, and they don't have the playoff experience that Chicago does. Uh, they still, like, Chicago still has a lot of the guys from those those teams that won a lot. So, um, so this is going to be the age-old question of, like, do you go with experience in the playoffs or 
odds you go with like the talent um because Edmonton is definitely more talented and they're they they should be pretty good but Chicago has the experience and they know how to win in the playoffs especially so that's that's what I look forward to in, in that series but yeah Calgary and Winnipeg is another one that that should be interesting too um like in Vancouver and Minnesota should be fun just because like these are both teams that um, aren't necessarily um, they haven't been in the playoffs in a while or even when Minnesota has been they haven't necessarily been good enough or you know they just get out in the first round so that should be interesting too but um, Vancouver will probably win that I would imagine but yeah, you never know. It's, yeah. it's, it should also be mentioned these play-in series are best of five, not best of seven. Yeah. They're a best of five. That's a good point, too. Uh, uh, I will also, also mention before we carry on, yeah. uh, training camps will begin no earlier than the first half of July, specifically not before July 10th. Uh, the players want three weeks of training before any games are played, and in June... They will be allowed to train in small groups. We saw a bit of that uh, here in Ottawa this week. Cody Cece of Belize, Sean Gabriel Pajot of the Islanders, Claude Drew of the Flyers were skating at the Minto Skating yeah. Center, socially distanced drills. Um, so I'd imagine those kind of small groups will be going on for the next couple of weeks. So in terms of actual round-robin playing games, we probably won't see that till August 2020. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's Okay, so August would probably be the earliest date, I would imagine, then. In terms of actual games, yeah, August is probably a fair bet. Yeah. Assuming everything goes fine. Um, also, before we get on to the, the other things that we're, gonna, that we're set to talk about, I do find it interesting that uh, because they added 24 teams, that I do find it interesting that Montreal, New York, and Chicago are all in. Um, and that should... Uh, increase interest because whenever the Rangers, the Canadians, and the Blackhawks are are good or in the playoffs at least, then there's more eyes on there. Um, yeah. Just in terms of the market stuff. So the California teams are going to be out, but um, at least it's it's it is kind of cool to have those three teams in there when they wouldn't have been in uh, otherwise. So that's kind of cool. And you also have Vegas too. And Vegas, that, yeah. That's that's in the mix. That yeah, and and Toronto and Boston and um, and Washington. You know, you have a lot of teams that have a huge that have huge populations too. But yeah, um, yeah, it should be interesting. Um, and like most of Canada, except for Ottawa, I think Ottawa is the only non-Canadian team in the playoffs. You know what? Uh, if everything playoffs. goes well in the draft lottery, I sure. don't even care. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, that will be my moral victory. So, before we talk about that, uh, do we think this is going to work? I think we talked about this a little bit at the top, but... Honestly, it it's all it's all well and good until we get closer and closer to the date and we realize if it's realistic or not. And yeah. I think where the pandemic is, where the virus count is, in various cities... Um, how the governments handle it. I know that um, Canadians, uh, the Canadian government there is not willing to give exceptions to the NHL. They're just saying if players come in, they have to be subject to this 14-day quarantine like everyone else. We're not giving out free passes here. They still have to play by our rules. But President Trump, is very, very keen on getting sports back. He actually met with a group of yep. major league sports commissioners a couple months ago. Bettman was one of them. So there is an appetite in the U.S. if Bettman isn't so keen on the 14-day quarantine in Canada, which I believe he said on the record it, it won't work for the NHL. They'll just put the two of cities in America. So in terms of the actual idea, I think it will happen, especially if it's in the U.S., um, there's an appetite to get sports back there, uh, particularly when the president is on board with that idea. Um, it's all going to depend on how the virus cooperates yep. with everything. So. For sure. Um, I will say, though, that I think it all depends on where it's going to be, this location yep. stuff. 
I know that um, I, I hate to, I mean, we're not a political show or anything like that, but there have been a, a lot of riots this week in the USA, and I know... Yeah, there's also that. Yeah, and I know in particular uh, Minnesota, uh, Columbus, and L.A. have been the ones that have had the most riots and the most violence. Um, and I think... I know L.A. and Minnesota are considered as the location. Um, I have a feeling that they have bigger things to worry about um, <laughs> other than these riots that are happening right now. So um, so it, it would all depend on where they go. Um, I think I would rather like them play in Canada just to, because it's, it seems like there's less cases there. But um, and And so that I could see working, but... It might be tough still. Um, and, yeah, as long as they test players um, daily and are on top of everything, then, um, yeah, I think this will work. But a lot of it has to do with the location and where we are in the world. Like, if, if the riots stop and if this coronavirus stops spreading or isn't as is slow to spread, then yeah, I think this will this will happen. But if the riots continue to go on even during the summer, and um, and the same for the virus, I, I feel like uh, it might not work. But we'll see. So um, to to answer your question about the Canadian market, because I live in Canada, I yep. have a little bit of an inside track on the Canadian side of things. Sure. Um, so Vancouver. Uh, their premier, John Horgan, um, he's not the type of guy that's going to drop everything for the NHL to accommodate them. I'm sure they'd be willing to like work something out, but there are going to be guidelines that they have to follow. Same with Alberta. Their premier, Jason Kenney, actually wrote a letter to the prime minister saying this would be great if Edmonton got involved. And he, he, was, he was asking the prime minister to allow players to travel uh, to Edmonton for this. So he seems to be keen on it, but the health minister, um, Mrs. Hinshaw, um, she's been, um, she's also on the side of like Premier Oregon where it's just like, you know, we can, we can talk it over, you know, I'm open to discussions, but at the same time, it's, it's one of those situations where again, we're not going to drop everything and just to accommodate, uh, you know, a sports league to help finish out their season. There right. are going to be things that have to be worked out. I don't think Toronto's going to work out, and here's why. Here in Ottawa, there's not a chance in hell we have what the NHL wants in terms of accommodations, in terms of practice facilities, hotels, yep. the rink, yada, yada, yada. We don't have the capacity. We're also just over a million, so yep. that's three times less the size of Toronto. So we don't have really the space to – house that many personnel at the same time although toronto has the recommendations the greater toronto area has been the biggest hub for COVID 19 here in ottawa here in ottawa we're actually doing fairly well in uh, compared to other areas in terms of COVID cases so things have been going pretty decent over here in the greater Toronto area, it is not good at all. In yep. fact, there are people saying it appears to be a greater Toronto problem than an Ontario problem, the virus itself. So that's where it is tricky. And if you wanted to consider Montreal, Quebec for a host market, which it isn't, but if they were at they were to add that to the list, major, major major red flags across the board because not only is Montreal probably the worst city in Canada for this, it's one of the worst cities in the world period for COVID. Oh, wow. Like, they that. they are in rough shape. Okay. Like, all of Quebec is, but especially Montreal. They're they're not doing good. So maybe I, I guess I, was, I misspoke then. I, I, I thought Canada was doing better than the, uh, the U, U.S., but I guess not. I, I still think we're doing better than the U.S., Yeah. but there are, still, yeah. Challenges, there are challenges in different areas, and there's also more of a willing appetite in the U.S. to get sports back. So that's why I think it would work in the U.S. 
um, because their government is probably more willing to adapt to what the NHL wants than our government. And that's why I fully expect that the two cities that will be named will both be American. And I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if Vegas is one of them. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so then the next uh, question we have here uh, before we get into the lottery and the draft. Um, so how will this affect next season and free agency? Um, I guess I remember you were you were mentioning something or this proposal that if it starts in August, um, it will likely end in October. Um, and then what they would do or like middle of October. And then what they would do is they would have the draft at the end of October um, and then they would start the season, but it would be a shortened season, and they would start it again in December. Um, you do free agency in November or something like that. Um, so um, it would be just be a shortened off season. Um, but it also makes me wonder that, like, no matter what they do or when they start, uh, the the free agencies the the window is going to be very short. Um, not to mention the draft as well. So. They, I feel like, um, like team, like the high UFAs this year are not going to get the prices that they want. Um, mm-hmm. especially that you have to consider the fact that there are going to be no fans at these games. So the NHL is getting no revenue at all during this. I mean, I guess they would have advertising money and the TV rights and all that stuff, but they're not getting any money from any of the the attendance ratings. So, and the cap's going to shrink uh, by a couple million. Yeah, I, yeah, I would imagine the cap's going to shrink as well, or if it's it's going to stay the same. So this means that, like, we all thought that Taylor Hall is was going to get a lot of money. Um, he probably still will, but it's probably going to be on shorter term, um, or something like that, and and maybe not as much as we all thought. And that goes with any of the big time free agents this year, like Braden Holpe. Uh, Robin Leonard, uh, Tory Crew, Alex Petrangelo. Um, I'm just <laughs> listing all these ones. I'm in the middle of a cap league, so I'm aware of all the pending free agents right now. But um, so so like those guys, I feel like they're gonna probably take more short-term deals. Yeah. Um, just because of the window, and they want to get back to playing pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. so so that's that's gonna be interesting. Another thing to interest that's going to be interesting is like you mentioned that Ottawa will probably have two picks because they have the Sharks pick from last year. So they have a good chance of even getting Lafreniere and Byfield, uh, the, the first two picks in the draft, but they also haven't played since March. <laughs> so, so if they, if they start the season back up in December, that means that they're off for nine months. And that goes with all the California teams, Detroit. Um, so that's that's going to be interesting to see. Like, they're already at a disadvantage because they're not as good as the other teams. But like, they're not going to be playing for for nine weeks, nine months, and I'm not sure how they're gonna like if it's going to be like a how they're going to be prepared. Uh, that's that's gonna be interesting because it's not. I feel like it's not like a switch where you turn it on and all of a sudden you're playing like a professional athlete again. I mean, I guess you are because they are professional athletes, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's gonna take a while for them to get used to if they're gonna be waiting nine months uh, to to get going again. So uh, we'll I'll touch on this and I'll also uh, touch on a few points that you mentioned in passing. Yeah, so. Sure. In regards to what happens to the seven teams that have nothing to play for, um, Com- Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, I believe, has mentioned the possibility, again, not set in stone, but the possibility of maybe having those teams play exhibition games against each other or having them start their training oh, games good, earlier. And I also idea, think too. there's a possibility that those seven teams could also make trades with each other so long as it's not with any teams that are that have something to play for, they could still make trades because yeah. they're to put them in a bind for nine months when they have nothing to play for would just be, well, that would be bad. So um, I, I think they need to find a way to make things work for those teams. Yeah. Uh, now to, to add to a couple of other things, um, there are 
signings that have happened, like Alex Romanov of the Canadians, Scott Paranovich with the Blues. Those guys that signed uh, Grigory Denisenko with the Panthers is another. Those guys will not be eligible to play in the 2019-20 season. Their first season of eligibility will be the new 2020-21 season whenever that begins. I also heard that, like, they might hold Kaprizov uh, for another year because I guess the KHL would be starting by then as well, so they might... Yeah, the KHL hopes to be starting yeah. September 2nd, apparently. So, yeah, um, there, there's that as well. Um, there's uh, also uh, another point uh, that, that you were talking about uh, with the season, uh, potentially UFAs taking uh, short-term deals. Um, I also think RFAs like Sorelli and Sergeyev in Tampa Bay, um, among other names that could get a decent amount of money. They'll probably take bridge deals as well. Yep. Um, it'll probably be a bridge deal off season to end all bridge deal off seasons. Yeah. So which is funny we'll too because a lot of short term deals. Which there. is funny too because like RFA's last year there was a lot of long term yeah. deals, <laughs> and this is yeah. probably going to be the opposite of that where we're going to see a lot of bridge deals. Um, yeah. How, for, not how as fortunate much money. for that class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's also another point that um, I wanted to to mention in regards to um, in in regards to uh, free free agent signings Um, with uh, with the trades made for these pending um, uh, UFAs. um, First round picks can be uh, renegotiated, I believe. So like. Toronto giving their first round pick to Pat uh, to the Canes for Patrick Marlowe to take on his contract, which they later bought out. I think that could be uh, renegotiated. Same with the first round pick that went to Minnesota in the Jason Zucker trade, depending on what happens with Pittsburgh there. There are a couple of other examples, but that's just uh, to name a few. Um, and there was uh, another point um, that I was going to bring across, uh, but it also slipped my mind. Oh, yeah, uh, the shortened season idea. Um, so apparently there is this situation where Gary Bettman um, says the regular season will, the new regular season, 2020-21 that is, will begin in January. He, at this point, still wants to play 82 games oh, wow. with fans in the stands. So that means the regular season would go well past April. That means yeah. the expansion draft in Seattle will more than likely be delayed. Right. And at that point, how is it going to affect the 2021-22 season if we try to fit in every single thing, including the Winter Classic, yeah. maybe an All-Star game, in, into that one condensed thing? I think at some point, Gary Bettman's going to have to compromise uh, as this thing goes on. But again, it all depends on how far we get. Yeah into finish out the current season before it's any of that. But yeah, something to keep in mind. Um, I think an 82-game season next year is unlikely. If uh, They're going to have to bite the bullet somehow. Yeah, I don't see how they could do it um, because of that. Uh, the, uh, the I guess yeah. I, I was talking about the non-playoff teams and they're not going to be playing for nine months and it's probably not going to be something that they could play. But that is something that I, I also, that we should probably talk about too, is like whoever is going to win or whoever is going to be the runner-up um, this year in this playoffs, uh, they're, like, yeah. they're going to be playing a they're lot of hockey. Yeah, they're going to be playing a lot of hockey in the last uh, in the last two months, uh, two years even. So um, so I'd be curious yeah. to see how, how like those teams, like all the conference finals, teams because you know you've played a bunch of games at that point um and then they have and then if there's going to be a shortened off season um that's not a ton of time to rest and stuff so um yeah i'll be curious to see how how those teams play um in the next season as well but on the other on the other hand like if if the bruins win the cup um i i am totally okay if they just tank the year away so uh, <laughs> just because they're too tired, so um, I I would be okay with that. So it's interesting too, because 
I'm a Bruins fan, you're a Senators fan, and we're at the opposite end of our teams because things are looking up yeah. for the Bruins and things are, I mean, they're looking up for the Senators, but in the opposite way. Um, because uh, the, we're going to talk about the draft lottery right now, um, and the Senators have two of those picks. Um, if you don't remember, and we've mentioned it a bunch too, but uh, er, that Eric Carlson trade happened, and the Senators got their the Sharks' first-round pick. Of course, the Sharks thought they would be better than what they were, um, and it was likely that they were going to be a to- it was going to be a top ten pick last year, or if the season had ended with eighty two games, or all the teams were playing eighty two games, but. Um, but even still, now the the Senators have an even better chance of getting um, Lafreniere, even with that, uh, because the top the seven teams that are not in this tournament are have higher odds than the teams that are in the playoffs. You're gonna have to explain this to me because there is a chance that teams that are gonna be in this playoff could win the lottery. First of all, before I go deep into how this draft lottery works, any draft lottery format is probably going to get a lot of people pissed off. So I'm willing to die with this draft lottery if it bites Ottawa where it hurts. So um, even though I may not like the result, I'll live with the result. Um, yeah. Because, like, look look at what happened last year, you right. know. Well, wait. Picked, right down to four, when when so. you say you're willing to die, do you mean like what? I, if... I, I'm I'm willing I'm willing to bite I'm willing to bite the bullet if a good team somehow lucks their way into Lafreniere. Oh, okay, that's what you're that's saying. Right. I thought you were saying that like if Detroit wins, <laughs> like as no. like. No, like I'd be happy for Detroit. Yeah. I mean, look how much they but lost you, this year. But you're saying that you would you would bite the bullet if it's. Like, I'd like to follow with this format system, yeah. Okay. I would. Alright. So so that this that here's here's how it works. So obviously this draft lottery is going to include the seven teams that have nothing to play for. So that would be the Detroit Red Wings, the Ottawa Senators, what would have been the San Jose Sharks if they didn't get Eric Carlson or didn't give up that eventual top three pick. So Ottawa has two shots there. You also have Los Angeles, Anaheim, New Jersey, and the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, look, there they are again. Oh, how lovely. Um, we do actually have a date for this draft lottery. It is Friday, June 26, 2020, so that's uh, just under a month away. Um, now, this is where it gets tricky. On top of those seven teams, you will have teams A through H, and you're wondering, oh, who are these mystery teams? Well, we won't know until the play-in games are played in August because there is a chance that uh, one of the 16 teams could somehow get a top three lottery pick, and this is where it gets really interesting. Let me first start off by saying if three lotteries are decided by the bottom seven teams and none of the mystery teams get a lottery pick, then there's no reason to worry about what teams A through H turn into because right. they didn't win a lottery. The top three picks belong to teams that were not great and could use Alexis Lafreniere right about now, <clears throat> Ottawa. Um, but if, let's say, team A, or or let's say, better yet, um, there there is a situation where like there are three mystery that three mystery teams come up with lottery picks. So one gets the first, one gets the second, one gets the third. So we could have three phase two lotteries. But let's let's just start off with one. Let's say team A wins the lottery pick for number one. Okay? Let's say a mystery team wins the first overall pick. So you play out the play-in games, and the eight teams that lose those playoff series are going to be entered into a Phase 2 lottery, which I believe will be conducted after the season is over. And at that point, the winner of that Phase 2 lottery gets that pick. So, there is a chance that a team like 
Edmonton or Pittsburgh or Toronto ends up getting a top three pick because pure damn luck. Nothing else at all. Just pure damn luck. Wait, so, wait. Shouldn't, it, shouldn't the mystery teams be the eight teams that are out of the playoffs in the first round? Um, no, I mean like the play-in games that are that are trying to get into right. like round one. But shouldn't, so, wouldn't the mystery teams be the teams that lost the first round of the playoffs? By, by the first round, you mean the series right now. That, right. That are, I'm, I'm talking yeah. about like the Pittsburgh, Montreal, yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So like if Pittsburgh loses and a mystery team wins the lottery uh, for a top three pick, they are in that lottery. I they see. are in that second lottery. I see. Okay. And the same so would is, happen with Toronto I and Edmonton if they lost. So it'd be it'd be possible that like Pittsburgh, Carolina, Edmonton, mm-hmm. Nashville, Vancouver, Toronto. Mm-hmm. Even though they have a high high seed and they would have been in the playoffs in normal circumstances, they could get. They could get a top three pick if they lose. They that's could. In, okay, that seems crazy to me. <laughs> yep, that's where people get pissed with the system. Yeah, but shouldn't it just be like I, I'm fine with doing a lottery with the seven teams, or I guess six teams, but shouldn't they have, um. Like, it should matter, like, you could just do it by, like, who gets out in the playoffs. You just do it by seeding that way, like, what you would yeah. normally do. Well, like, yeah. Do you even need a lottery? If, like, that doesn't make sense to me. See, the, the, the whole thing is, if you went about it by, like, seeding and, like, who the lowest seed was, if there, if there was a chance before, if there was a chance, here's my thinking, if there was a chance before... The playoffs started that there are teams that knew, okay, um, team A got, like, the lottery pick uh, for, like, first or second or third overall. Right. If there was a team that knew, okay, if we finished in this seeding, we could get this pick. That is where you could generate tanking. Yeah. Where there could be a team wise to say, hey, you know what? If we win this series, we might get deeper into the playoffs by one round and they're done. But if we lose, we could get a top three pick. So let's not win. Right. That's why I like the lottery better than the seeding, because I fear that would encourage tanking. Even if it was a strong team like Pittsburgh that knew Lafreniere was the prize at the end of the rainbow, if they had lost that series with Montreal, they would probably do whatever they could to get swept. Well, if they if they thought Lafreniere was the prize. Well, what I mean, though, is, like, you just do it, like, like, this is the playoffs, but, like, you do it, like, like, what the draft would do. So, you take the eight teams that lost in the, uh, in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. and you just order it by standings of how they did from the regular season, uh, because you still have that, and then you could go from there. So, let's say, I, I forget who has more points, Montreal or Chicago, but let's say... Yeah. Montreal has would would be seventh in normal circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. They would get they would get end up getting the uh, eighth spot, and then and let let's say Montreal loses, so Montreal would get the eighth spot, and then you have Chicago gets the ninth spot. So you just do it because they lost based on what the draft is in previous years. See, like you I don't would, even need would... to do, add these mystery teams. Yeah, I would I would understand that part, but because there are teams that played not the same amount of games, that's where it gets a little bit challenging, and you'll right. get teams going like, well, they didn't play in as many games, or, well, we, we had a lower points percentage than them. Why did they get well, better? I don't know. I, I think they would just have to suck it up then. I, like, they got <laughs> well, in the playoffs. You, you, you yeah. can't, like, they, they, they shouldn't have the right to get Lafreniere or Byfield. Yeah, and and you know what? That's that. That's why at some point, you know, somebody has to suck it up and just say, okay, you know, yep. this format's whatever. But teams are gonna, teams are not gonna. Um, the only team right now that's not been even benefiting from this is at all is is San Jose. Um, yeah. 
so um but like you know some like things are unfair they're you know they're screwed either way but like like this like i i don't think montreal chicago or the rangers should have a chance at getting lafreniere um because they're already in the playoffs yeah I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be disappointed if Montreal got him after all. He's a Quebec product, yep. and and he's a player that they could use. It's just teams like Edmonton and Toronto and Pittsburgh yeah, that don't know. really need him, but they somehow get him anyway. Right, and that makes sense. Yeah, that too. Also, I mean, Pittsburgh and Edmonton are very uh, lucky with their lottery stuff. Yeah, so, um, exactly. Uh, now, that's true too, the, the but. The reason I'd be willing to to live and die with with this current format is because in 2005 there was no season. True. The prize was Crosby, and all 30 teams were in one lottery, and they just went one by one. I think yeah. Ottawa finished sixth in that lottery. But didn't they they based it off of just looked at their way into getting Crosby? Didn't so. they base it off of like the last three seasons before that? Like. Nope. I thought no, okay. they did it was not. just random. They did not. They did. They did a full thirty-team oh. lottery. Okay, yep. I guess I'm wrong on that too. So, you know what? People can argue with how stupid the lottery is, but you know what? I think this is the best lottery system the NHL could have come up with. And as last year's, previous years have proven, last year in particular, you don't have to be in the bottom five to win a lottery. Uh, the Rangers weren't in the bottom five. The Hawks weren't in the bottom five, and they still got top three picks out of it. Um, like, the whole point of a draft lottery is to avoid tanking. And uh, while it would be a shame to see markets like Detroit and Ottawa miss out on such a golden opportunity because of dumb luck, there, there have been teams in the past that missed out on a very good talent because of dumb luck, too, so. That's that's why I'm willing to live with whatever consequences arise out of this. So I'm just hoping for a lottery in which all three teams didn't make the 2014 playoffs and the three lotteries went to those three of those seven teams. And so we don't have to worry yeah. about this scenario that will probably... Um, unfairly give one team a shot at a top three pick. So, I'm just saying if uh, I was a natural lottery. I'm just saying if I was a Sens fan or a Detroit fan or I mean any fan of those seven teams, I guess six teams, um, yeah, I would be pissed off at, at mm-hmm. this system is what I'm saying. Yeah. So and I'm sure a You're lot taking of, it better than I am. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of teams would be pissed if Ottawa got the first overall pick and the second overall pick, but oh. I definitely wouldn't be pissed. I would be. I mean, I would be I pissed would be, only because. I would jump out of my chair in amazement. Well, that's a di- that's a different type of piss. Like yeah. I, I since I know I've known you for a while. I mean, yeah, the Senators are in the division, and I would have to deal with Lafreniere and Byfield uh, for a decade and that would stink but since i am friends with you now and i i i would be happy for you so if that happens i'd be fine but um but still it's like i i that's a different level of piss where i'm like oh god they're they're basically set for a decade but for um but like it's a different level of piss when you're like a team at least it's not like a team could win the cup and get Lafreniere. Yeah. So I I thought that's where it was leading. So that would that would get me annoyed the most. Yeah. No, uh, for sure. I would hate. But, that. I would hate that a lot. But like even still, like the idea that Toronto would get Lafreniere or, or Edmonton, although I don't think they would be able to afford Lafreniere <laughs> um, once his contract's up. Uh, either team, so it might it might end up working out that way. But they'll probably win a cup if they do get Lafreniere. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh. I think that's it. It's 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 a rarity that we we made it an hour through after. Um. Weeks there there is there is. There is something that I would like to point out, particularly it's about how COVID testing would be done, because I do think that is an important layer um, that I would like to get to. 
Um, so to start, players will be tested twice per week at minimum when returning to their team facilities. When competing in actual games, they will be tested every single evening. And if they do test positive for the virus, they will be notified the following morning before leaving their hotel room. So uh, talk about a wake-up call you don't want to get when you when you leave your hotel room. Um Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly says one positive test, depending on the test, should not necessarily shut down the whole operation. We can't be in a situation where we have an outbreak that will affect our ability to continue playing. But a single positive test or isolated positive test throughout a two-month tournament should not necessarily mean an end to the tournament. That's a direct quote uh, from him. Uh, And like I said before, Bettman says the league will require 25,000 to 30,000 tests to return to play. Uh, He reiterated that uh, these tests cannot come at the expense of public supply, but he does not believe that will be an issue for the time being. Okay. So that about does it for us now. Um, We'll get back to the prospect uh, series, prospect talk series uh, next week and the following two weeks, and then we'll we'll do more uh, NHL discussions. I'm sure we'll have, like, an award – of predictions uh, when it's time um, and maybe some free agent thing, free agency thing, maybe a playoff preview as well. Uh, so we'll be prepared for, for the coming weeks. Um, yes, yeah, so you can catch us on uh, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Um, I think we're on all, all other pod- podcast platforms as well. Um, our our Twitter is Lace Them Up, Lace Up Podcast. Our Facebook is Lace Them Up. Uh, that should do it for us. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 222 of the Lace Them Up Podcast.